This is the first time I've really done a, a repeat in, in the same day. Uh, you know, you're blessed to have the musicians that you have here, the singing and the music. You know, that's some of the stuff that ushers us into the presence of God. It's praise and worship. If you would, would you stand and ask that God would anoint me to be his, his messenger today. But I'm just not up here on my own. But these words that I say are not my own, but let it be the Holy Spirit inspired. Okay, would you do that with me? Father God, I come before you, Lord, as your servant. Pray and ask you, God, that you touch our lives. Help us, oh God, to glean from the things that you have for us, Lord, and apply it to our lives. God, I won't fail to give you praise and honor and glory. In your son's name we pray. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn over into Proverbs. How many of you ever, how many, how many of you spend much time with Proverbs? Same with Proverbs is those are things that we can learn from. I tell people and young men and women, people that I'm out running around with and talking to, a lot of them, they have addictions and they really don't want to give their lives over totally to God. And I tell them, I said, if you just take this book right here and you just go through it, there's a chapter to read every day. And these help you just become better people. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with being good people. But we need the Spirit of God living within us Amen. to help Amen. us do the things Amen. that we need to be, be doing. Uh, one of the things I'd like to be able to tie in this morning is, is the carnality of man with what's been brought to you so far and uh, I'm probably one of the one of the world's worst as who I was at one time as the carnal man that I once was that God so miraculously changed that I couldn't do those things on my own how many of you have been changed today the change is from within. There's, it's the outward appearance of this is what people see, but it's the things that's on the inside that really, that really matter. You agree with that? First of all, uh, I've got a presentation that I'm going to show. It takes about 15 minutes when, when I'm done here. And how many of you are, are from the area? The video that I'm going to show was uh, put together by my sister-in-law, and uh, she gave it to me on Thanksgiving. It's been about eight years ago, maybe nine now. And uh, inside this video is a good friend of mine. And before I really get into all this, uh, I was talking to some people earlier this morning, and I was talking about making restitution where possible. A lot of times we can't always make restitution. How many of you have lived on this side of the Mississippi the majority of your life? 
The reason I ask you that is I want to ask you to forgive me for the things that I've done in my past. I was, at, I was convicted of aggravated vehicular homicide. And I killed one of your neighbors. And a lot of times in, in our lives that we're not always able to ask for forgiveness and uh, to make a difference. It's one thing to say, I'm sorry for the things that we've done. And another thing to be truly sorry for your actions. So when we stand before God and we say, hey, I'm sorry for the person that I once was on, on earth because we're going to have to give an account for those things one day. Today you have an opportunity to make restitution. So as I ask you to forgive me for putting you and your family's lives in harm's way, I do that with all heartfelt for asking for your forgiveness. The reason I ask you to do that is because how would you feel about me if I'd have taken the life of a loved one? Somebody that you know, that you hold near and dear, a brother or a sister, father, mother. And what would you want to happen to them? So as life goes on and we were consumed by things of this world and we're trying to get focused on what we really want to do and, and how we interact with other individuals and the things that we need to do and that plays a big part in our life is how we interact with each other. And God wants us to forgive one another. A lot of times forgiveness is one of the hardest things to do because we aren't like God where we can't forgive and forget. But I ask you to please forgive me. But to get back into the meat of things this morning, my phone just decided to shut down on me again. In Proverbs, and I always like to start off here when, when uh, I'm talking about these things. And we'll start off with uh, verse 2. To know wisdom and instruction and to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. To give subtly to the simple of the young men knowledge and just uh -oh. I'm just done something here. Wise man will hear and increase learning and understanding, and a man of understanding shall attain into the wise counsels. We'll stop right there for a minute. Wise counsel. You know, I look around the room here, and there's a lot of young men, young ladies. And you've got your whole life before you. And I ask you, try not to be influenced by your friends. You know, your true friends will want to see you succeed in life. Do you believe that? And the people that you run around with are not always what they seem to be. So if you look around and you think, I have a praying mom and I have a praying dad or a sister or somebody, and they're the ones that's really leaning or guiding you toward the place that you really need to be. God has people in our lives and they're here to help us and not hurt us. Do you agree with that? 
Like I said, this is really not just a regular run of the aisles and shout, but this here is the interaction. It's how do you feel about certain things in life. And if I ask a question of you, please feel free to interject your thoughts. Because this is just like everything else. You only get out of it what you put in it. And how much time do you put in prayer? How much time do you put in reading God's word? Those are the things that what keep us from becoming carnal. Do you believe that? Amen. So the only thing that we're able to do inside the church and outside the church is try to be a representative of God. And the people that we lean on is like Brother Collier. That we lean on him because he's the... He's the man that's leading you. If you have things that you need to talk about, he would be the guy to go talk to. Talk to somebody who's been there and say, here's where God can save you and pull you out of all these issues. Amen. He has that capability. Understand a proverb interpretation of words of the wise and the dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instructions of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Like I said, this is kind of a repeat of what, what I was doing this morning. My, uh, my dad was, a, was an alcoholic, and he wasn't a real pleasant man to be around when I was younger. And there was a lady that, that my mom knew that ended up leading her to a place where she come to know Jesus Christ as her personal Savior. And in the midst of all those things, she started taking her kids to church. And all the things that my mom had dealt with throughout my childhood was the carnal mindness of my dad. Because all he wanted to do was go out and boot and holler and carry on. Does that sound like Christians or does that sound like a bunch of people that we know? No, when we, when we go to the church, we don't have to sit here and be all sticks in the mud. But we come to, to do what? To worship God and raise our hands. And so those people that are watching us, like our neighbor that come down and led my mom to, to Jesus. And for us to go out and see how those people are wise and that we are inclined to listen to them, those are the things that help us become better individuals. Amen. That we apply those principles to our hearts and to our lives. But don't lean into your own understanding. That's not up there. But we think we understand all these things. But it's all spiritual. I've had people say, well, I can't read the Bible because I don't understand it because it's not what, what I think it should be or it's how I interpret it because it's a spiritual thing. It's not just like reading Moby Dick and if you read through Moby Dick and you find out that there's an encounter with a well, it's always going to be the same encounter. But that encounter that you have with Jesus Christ is the one that changes you from the man that I once was because that's the living word of God that changes us from within. Yeah. That's the only way that I could, I could be changed from that old carnal-minded Al Winters that I once was to the man I am today. 
Does anybody have any questions up to this point? Does anybody have any comments? How many of you know the Salisbury family, Barry and Carolyn Salisbury? Does anybody know them? I figured that I'd have some people in here that, that be my friend. Anyway, he just lived right up the road here. And uh, he and I, we, we had some things in common. Both of us had daughters. My brother married his daughter. And he would say, hey, yeah. He said, my, I'd like to have some grandbabies one day. How many of you here have kids? How many of you know what it is for a small child to climb up in your lap, hold your face, kiss you, hug you for no apparent reason, just because they love you? That's like the love of God. We can climb up in his lap. We can put our arms around him. He'll pull us in close. And it's that agape love. Stuff that you can't put a measure on. And my buddy, he was, Barry, he was saying, hey, I'd like to have some grandbabies one day. I was 40 at this time, and he was 50. There was 10 years difference in our ages. I told him, I said, you know, one of these days maybe God will bless you with some, but it wasn't quite so nice. And I think about all the things that I've taken away from, from the family because I never listened to words of wisdom from my mother. That I let the cares of this world creep into my life and that the carnality of man stepped in, that I'd lost my way, that I'd, I started dabbling in sin and the farther you get in sin the farther it will take you away from the, from the throne of God and before long you're out there and you're, you're flailing away in that sea of sin and Satan is constantly there saying there's no hope for you there's no hope you get stranded and all the while that all these things are going on in my life, I've got a praying mom, a praying wife, a praying daughter. You know, my friend Barry had the same thing. He had a praying mom, had a praying wife. His kids were concerned about him. And we'd sit around and we'd talk about what God had in plan for the families. And even though he was in sin and I was in sin, we still had great plans. How many of you here has got plans for your future? You're already making plans for, for next week or next month or a year from now. But how many of us know that there's no promise for tomorrow? All the things that we had planned for grandbabies and looking forward to the future because we'd put God in the back burner. We'd forgot about that he had a calling on our life. And a lot of times we have callings on our lives and that makes us run farther from God than it does for us to climb up in his lap and put our arms around him and let him put his arms around us because we get caught up in the things that man wants. We forget about what God is truly inclined to give us, all the things that we're looking for because we get wrapped up with friends, we get wrapped up with 
our own little things that's going on in life and next thing you know we've put God on the back burner and you've stepped off into something that you can't even replace. Time. In our lives, there's two things that you'll never get back and that's your time and your health. You agree with that? Once those two things are gone, you'll never get them back. I go do a DUI class uh, once a month. And I tell the people that I'm in that class with, because the man that I used to be, and I don't make this as a brag, I'm saying this with, with, a, with, with a heavy heart. So I tell those people I've probably had more fun than any 10 men you'd ever put together in one room and start comparing notes and think this was fun. But it never amounted to the 11 months that I spent in prison. I never bring my friend back. And I'll never be able to run and ring the bell. And I'll never be able to make restitution to all the people that I've hurt. And in my life, the things that I struggle with the most is the man that's in the mirror. Just thinking about, really, I'm the problem. It's because a lot of times in my life, I've never done what God had told me to do. Because I turned my back on him and walked away because of the people that was around me. Because I never led like I should have. And I wasn't following the leading of God the way I should have. A lot of times in our lives we want to lead. And we got to lead by example. We don't want to get in the same place and follow people because they may take you down a path of destruction. That's a place we don't want to be. How many of you have ever felt like that you've been on the brink of destruction because of the people that you've been with? If you go back up to these things right here, you read down just a little bit farther. It says, My son, hear the instructions of thy father, and forsake not the laws of thy mother, for they shall anoint thee an ornament to the grace of your head and chains about your neck. And my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. All those things that all those people tell you this is so much fun to go out and do. They're going to lead you down a path of destruction. Because what does carnal-minded mean? What's that going to lead you to? Somebody help me out there? That's right. Your friends, if they're not on the same path that you're on, there's nothing wrong with having friends. But if you associate yourself with the wrong bunch of people, if you don't lead by example, you're going to head down a path that you can't take, take back. Sin will take you farther than you want to go and keep you forever. Eternal separation from the love of God. The love that I have for my wife and for my kids, and I think those things are inseparable, but the love of God is so much greater. That he was, he was willing to sacrifice his son for somebody like me. How many of you can pick me out on, on the street and say, guilty, aggravated vehicular homicide, that he's a menace to society, that I looked apart? Back when all these things were going on in my life, I had hair down to my waist and a beard that hit me in the middle of my chest. 
I'd been so far from God, I didn't think there was any hope. Those of you that here that have loved ones that's out in sin, don't give up. Sometimes you feel like throwing in the town and say there's no hope for them. I'm sure there have been a lot of people look at me and say, man, there's no hope for that guy. See, with Jesus, there's always hope. Me and myself, I couldn't do it. The people that I once run around with, they don't want to come around me any longer because I'll tell them, say, if you play the game long enough, this is what's going to happen. There's no promise that you're going to be able to call out upon the name of the Lord on your deathbed and say, God, forgive me of my sins. Because just that fast, your life can change. I never thought about it this morning, but when Brother Carter was talking about uh, what had happened to me, I'm a, I'm a pipe fitter by trade. And I, that's how men, men, men had met. And I come and put on a little presentation like this for, for uh, our apprentices. And I got to talking about being a man of principle. Be a man of valor. It's hard to be a man of principle or a woman of principle to do the right thing all the time. It's so easy to let the cares of this world slip in and cause us to turn our backs on God and walk away and, and do what everybody else does. Those are easy things to do. But when you stand and you tell people this is right and this is wrong, that's where the peace of God comes in and says you're doing the right thing. But you need to tell those people this is what's going to happen to you. If you play the game long enough, the sin game, the outcome is death and torment forever. It's not real happy thoughts, is it? But the truth is, is if we don't become more spiritually minded and less carnally minded, we're going to slip into that place and we'll be no better than the rest of the world. So we need to be on our knees and ask God to give us guidance and direction that we'll become men and women of valor. And that we, because we're in the last days here. How many of you believe that? That the end times are here. That Satan fights us on every, every turn. And if we don't stay with this, this in mind right here, that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. If we don't, if we're not afraid that God, and He's, and he's not the guy that's standing up there with a lightning bolt ready to kill you. He's got that fatherly love that says, "Hey, don't do that." Because this is what's going to happen to you. I've got some grandbabies today that I never had. And I caused this accident and took my friend's life. And when I tell them I'm going to do something, I do it. Because if I don't, that makes me a liar. And that's what God's word is. He tells you this is what's going to happen to you if you don't do these things. It's not my rules. It's not my regulations. It's his rules and his regulations. And he says, you need to adhere to these. You're going to have to pay the consequences. And if he doesn't do what he says he'll do, that'll make him a what? A liar. And he's not. You know, I thank God for every opportunity that I had to spread his word. I thank him for his mercy and his grace. 
his unmerited love because I can't buy that. I can't buy the things that God has done for me. I couldn't put a price on it. If you could buy your way into heaven, I'm sure that there would be a lot of people that would try. But that cost has already been paid. The slave that I once was to sin because of my carnal-minded life that I had, I couldn't break those chains on my own. This is going to happen to all of us someday. Where are you going to spend eternity? The day that I was in this car crash, in my state, I would have split hell wide open. All those prayers that my wife had prayed, the ones that my mom had prayed, I'm thankful for those. My carnal mindedness, seeking the things of this world instead of the things that God had for me, put me in that place. If you go to hell, you're going there as, as an intruder. God didn't create that for us. And if we go, it's because we chose to do so. You have a choice today. You can either be Christ-minded or carnally-minded. The choice is yours. And it's on a daily basis. So you have to be the one to make a decision. What am I going to do with my life? And how am I going to represent Jesus Christ, Him as my personal Savior? Or am I going to represent the other guy? He's going to be my leader. There are so many avenues that we could go with this today. But to think that to be carnally minded and what's going to happen to you if you choose that path. I know that if I would have stayed the course as a young man, if I'd have stayed in, in prayer and read my Bible, what an awesome, awesome statement it is to say I've never sinned. But I've known God my entire life. But I've never known what it is to be carnally minded. But on the other hand, how could I tell you what's out there that God can save you from those, those places if, if I've never been there? As unfortunate as it was, God has been able to use something terrible just because I allow him. It's not because he makes me. God doesn't make me serve him, but I choose to because of all the great things that he's done for me. I give him praise and honor and glory today for those things that he's done for me. Before I turn this over, I'm going to ask if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you'd like to take an opportunity right now to ask him to forgive you for all of your unrighteousness. If you know him as your personal savior, hold on to that thought process. Make sure that you're doing the things that God would have you to do. Stay in prayer. Read your Bible. Be encouraged by the man of God. The things that he's able to pray and ask for guidance to give you. 
that you surround yourself with people that's pulling in the same direction that you are, you'll be way better off for it. One more time, is there anybody in here today that would like to give their life to Jesus Christ if you don't know him as your personal Savior? I'll turn it back over to Brother Carter.